This is Steel City Business, the Sheffield Business Podcast. Hello, I'm James Marriott and this is Steel City Business, brought to you by the team at Rebel Base Media, highlighting the great stuff happening within the business community here in Sheffield. Rise at Seven is an SEO agency which has had a pretty decent launch, on course for turnover of over a million pounds in its first year, with staff of more than 20 and a brand new office in Sheffield City Centre on the horizon as well. I met up with co-founder Steve Kenwright to hear more about their journey. Hi, I'm Steve Kenwright. I am co-founder and technical director of Rise at Seven, which is an SEO agency in Sheffield. Normally, we start these episodes by kind of talking a little bit about the background and um, getting into the story of the the journey of the company. Now, with you, I want to jump straight to the the headlines because you are what just coming up to is it eight months old now? Uh, yes, nearly eight months. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking at a turnover of over a million pounds yeah, a year more than now. a million. How has this happened? Bit of a mixture of reasons. Lots of it is luck, to be fair. But um, I would say that we had a plan and it's lucky that it happened rather than everything just kind of accidentally happening. Um, I've worked for, I've run an SEO agency before, so I kind of knew what I was doing. And then my co-founder, Carrie, is enthusiasm personified and you know just kind of putting her in the right direction um gets so much business you know she's a really infectious sort of person and she's an absolute expert too which is makes things a lot easier from our point of view but then it's just been a case of we've been really lucky to find the people that we found and been able to hire you know we're up to 20 staff now so hire a lot of people that we feel are a good cultural fit and know what they're doing uh, in such a short space of time for sure so that I mean obviously kind of started out just the two of you and now you've got a team of more than 20 I know you're about to move into your your own offices um so we'll talk more about that a little bit later on it'll be great to kind of probe a little bit about the the secrets of your success and and the the knowledge that you can kind of pass on to us but I want to kind of rewind quite a bit right now and uh, all the way back to right SEO what what is it all about to anyone that's listening to this that thinks i keep hearing these these three letters and i know it's important but i have no idea what it is and i don't understand it at all so what what actually is it that that you and the business does so in a nutshell seo is optimizing marketing to be able to get traffic from search engines. So lots of businesses spend a lot of money on marketing, lots of different channels, whether that's TV advertising or social media or PR or all sorts of different things. And what an SEO agency does, what an SEO professional does really is make sure that any any one of those things and every one of those things ideally has some sort of influence in Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo and, and other search engines. So I kind of think of um, SEO as you know, making sure I've got some keywords in a, a meta box somewhere on a web page and making sure that I call it the right title and um, things like things like that. Um, how has it changed since you've kind of been working in, in SEO? It's changed a lot. It's still, there's still an element of that because that's kind of signposting. It's saying what you've got, but what matters now is actually having something worth showing in the first place. So when I first started in the industry, you could get traffic to pretty much anything. It didn't really matter how good it was if you had the right SEO in place. Whereas now you don't get traffic if you're not a good business with a good reputation and a good product, generally speaking. So I would say that 
the real change that's happened in the SEO industry is that things that are done in the name of SEO are now things that you would recognize and see on your Facebook feed or you would see around the internet in publications you read or even on TV. You know, they originally were SEO campaigns, a lot of them, but now they're very much mainstream advertising in the same sort of way. So it's more creativity to go alongside the technical too. Let's talk about you then. What's your background? So I started my career as a copywriter. I got a degree in English from Sheffield Hallam here and then a master's in Shakespeare and Renaissance literature from Hallam as well. Uh, So I started copywriting, did a bit of advertising copy and got hired into my first agency in Manchester. Uh, I was there for about 10 months, but got to grips with SEO a little bit in the team that was there and decided I wanted to do that full time. But I also really wanted to get back to Yorkshire. So uh, I was applying for any specialist SEO agency uh, for a kind of copywriting roles, particularly um, over this side of the Pennines. And then I started at an agency called Branded 3 back in 2012. I was there for seven years. So started pretty much entry level and worked my way up through there till I was, uh, till I was a director there. And then uh, moved on for a little while. I was head of digital at Pendragon PLC, which is Stratstone, Evans Halshaw and Carstore down in Nottingham before starting this. What was the moment where you kind of thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a go at this myself. I'm going to start my own agency. I had never intended to start my own agency. And if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have still said I've no intention of starting my own agency, which is crazy. But it was... I'd gone in-house for a little while. I wanted to see what life was like. You know, being an agency, you serve clients. And I think you do that better when you understand what a client's world looks like. So I really wanted to do that. Thought I might go back agency side afterwards. And then just a kind of string of coincidences and an opportunity that landed on um, Carrie's doorstep and my doorstep that meant, you know, timing just seemed to work out. And then time between deciding we wanted to start an agency and actually starting an agency was about five weeks so we literally said yes let's do it and then late nights and weekends working for just over a month before we went live last june i i remember i can't remember if it was in um one of the local newspapers or it might have been in, in unlimited magazine but i remember there being like an article about you setting up and and starting um rise at seven and that feels like two minutes ago it doesn't feel yeah, like it's it coming, coming up to um you know well actually it's, i say coming up to a year ago it's, it's close to six months ago <laughs> um what's that journey been like it must have been a total whirlwind the last few months yeah definitely when we started there was just the two of us and we had one client which was a freelance client of mine that just happened to need some of the pr work that carried us too so by no means paid the bills by a, a long stretch so we we kind of pulled the trigger and went for it and we tried to make as much noise as we possibly could because we definitely realized that we needed to get some clients in and fast if it was going to actually go anywhere and be able to sustain us for a while um, and we were very lucky to win some very big brands very quickly and you know they're the kind of brands that we'd I'd been competing for at my last agency that was 15 years old and we won like misguided after about a month we won Halfords after about a month so those big names came through the door and really helped us to you know get a reputation really quickly and it's kind of not stopped since so more wins constant stream of hiring people and you know it feels like looking for people takes most of my time that isn't taken up by it. Uh, helping clients out with stuff. 
So what's what's the secret then? How do you get you know big name clients like Halfords after a month in business? I mean, that's the kind of thing that there's no logic in that. It just doesn't happen. So what 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 do you do here that no one else does? We were lucky in that me and Carrie had a bit of a reputation individually beforehand. So um, the agency that we did work for really did prize kind of personal brands, but, you know, people demonstrating their expertise. So we had a social media following. We spent a bunch of time talking at conferences and that kind of thing. So we had a bit of a network. But above and above and beyond that, I think it's it's pretty much, obviously you have to be good at something to start with. And one of the reasons we do what we do as an SEO agency and not anything else is because that's the one thing that we're both really good at. So we could, you know, when, when you start an agency, it's tempting to say we do everything because you don't want to turn anything away. Whereas we went 100% specialized and we can't help with even paid search, for example, we just pass that work along to someone um, that we recommend or, or, or give clients some advice and send them on their way. If we can't, if we're not the best at it, we won't do it. And I think that's something that we want to keep going for the rest of the time that the agency exists, definitely. So it's kind of establishing expertise in a, in a particular area, but then it's making a massive noise as much as possible. We really went big on social media. We've not done any paid marketing whatsoever since we started the agency we've not spent a penny and that was partially an experiment but partially we realized about four months later after starting that we hadn't spent any money and thought yeah we could carry on doing this um so it's kind of morphed into an experiment where originally it was just we didn't have a lot of cash um so we chose our channels that we really wanted to push out social media was the big one for us because you know it's going to be time before we get our website visible and get an email list going and all that sort of thing so social was the one area that we had an advantage so a lot of people would kind of say that maybe social media is you know kind of on 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 the the way down a little bit at the at the moment how did you use it so effectively we pushed ourselves personally that's a starting point if the agency if the business doesn't have a brand of its own you're relying on the people behind the business you've got these agencies that have been around for 40 50 years and have done you know campaigns that you've seen all over the place the Sarchis and the McCann's and so on where the agency brand is a thing we didn't have that so I think you've got to recognize social media is what it really is which is a, a conversation between one person and several people or one person and one person so um it was choosing the channels that we thought were going to work for us. And, you know, we chose them, we chose them a long time ago, really. You know, we had Twitter followers, we had uh, a LinkedIn network and they were the really big ones uh, from my point of view. And then Carrie spends a lot of time on Instagram as well. And now she's big into TikTok too. So it's kind of choosing the channels and not wasting loads of time on other things that aren't going to work. But really it's a constant stream of content being put out and it's, it, polarizing too you know we, we we make a lot of noise um and it can be pretty overwhelming especially when we're sharing everything that everyone in the agency does there's a huge amount of content that comes out of here so it can really put people off but that those people were never going to become clients of ours anyway if they don't like the style so um it, it's about recognizing that and really just going big on on what we think will work and it seems to have done all right I'm going to ask you a question now that you're probably sick to the back teeth of being asked over the last few months. Rise at seven. Where did the name come from? What does it mean? It's um, it's a bit hard to describe because it's not a really clear 
explanation of the exact reason the words were chosen, but it's kind of a feeling where the agency that we used to work for, me and Carrie both really loved it. You know, we used to get out of bed in the morning and actually be really excited to go to work. And the people, they were fantastic. And it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun working at Branded 3. And then after a while, um, towards towards the end, you know, it, 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 it happens. It's a PLC and the market is the market. Uh, so you can't really complain about that but we kind of lost it lost its magic a little bit and what we really wanted to capture was that feeling of wanting to get out of bed and go to work definitely that feeling of being ahead of everyone else getting up early and getting the getting the head start basically um and beyond that it's kind of like loads of little coincidences where seven is carrie's lucky number but also there are seven hills in sheffield and it just felt like as soon as we'd settled on the name, as soon as we'd mentioned it once, it just felt like, yeah, that seems that seems perfect. And and more than that, you know, we wanted a name where you can't confuse us with someone else. You don't have to add the word digital or agency on the end of it just to differentiate yourself from the other things that are called that. Um, so that we knew that when someone searched for Rise at 7 or someone mentioned Rise at 7, we knew they meant us and we could track that. You've got quite a lot to pick from here, but when you look back over the you know seven, eight, nine months, what do you view as being the real big successes? A few key hires definitely have really pushed us forward. So, a couple of the first hires we made, Matt and Jess, um, they they came with us really quickly after about a month. And um, when when I started Rise at Seven, you know, my wife was already sort of six months pregnant, so. I knew I was going to disappear on paternity leave for a few weeks and having Matt on board early on who I could trust to do a good job for clients while I could switch off to a degree for a couple of weeks was was a big moment for us because it would have been quite different I think if we hadn't have made those hires and hadn't taken the the jump early on we we would have been very busy and I would have had quite a different time of it with uh, when when Max was born so that was definitely one and then a couple more key hires like Will when Will came on board in London particularly um, we'd not really planned on having a London office so soon but Will was available he'd been freelancing for a little while and we knew him really well really trusted him so uh, he he came to us and said that he wanted to join and it made sense so we've we did that too so I, I'd say all of the success stories are based around the people that we've got and we've been really lucky to find a lot of them Flip side to that, um, has there been anything that you look back on that that hasn't gone the way that you'd like it to? And I know that's a very odd question to ask someone that, you know, you'd kind of look at, at the story and think it's fairly unparalleled success, really, in that kind of seven, eight months. Uh, but is there anything you go back and do a little bit differently? Yeah, for sure. The, there are a few things that we've definitely learned from. Um, we had probably... I'd say the one campaign that didn't go well, um, we, we were working for, uh, for a client where we decided to do a campaign that was just too big for what we could afford to do um, and too complicated for what we really had the capability to do. So we, crunched a, we tried to crunch a big data set of all of the entrants and winners of Dragon's Den and The Apprentice to try and work out what the best chances of success were if you were on either one of those shows and how many successes Lord Sugar had versus every other dragon on Dragon's Den and so on and so forth. And we basically tried to take on too much with that for where we were at the business at the time um, we made a bunch of mistakes with the data we kept getting it wrong we kept having to redesign the thing over and over again so we 
told the client pretty early on that we weren't going to charge him any more for it. While we were making loads of amends, we just make the amends, keep it going uh, until we got it live. And although it worked out fine in the end, I mean, Lord Sugar tweeted the thing, so that was successful and it landed on Forbes to begin with. So the campaign did well in the end. We made no money on that whatsoever. In fact, we lost quite a bit of it. And the thing we really learned when when we had that data set and it wasn't working for us, we realized we needed someone who was good with data. So that's when we, again, hired uh, Thierry downstairs, uh, downstairs here in this office to, to come and be the person that makes sure we don't make those sorts of mistakes again. So costly mistake for, for a business that's sort of three months old at the time. Uh, you mentioned earlier about um, you know your your child being born in amongst all all this stuff that's that's going on. Um, how do you feel that that you've changed perf- personally in 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 the time that you've been running Rise at Seven? I, I think I hadn't noticed changing at all uh, until. Um, you start to look at things that maybe you would have watched on TV that you haven't and you haven't exercised in quite a while is definitely one. So loads, loads of things that I would have said are my hobbies. I haven't done and naturally just haven't done them. It's not kind of, I don't feel like I really missed them, but every so often I realize I haven't done them. Um, so it, it does feel like work and family are the only two things in my life at the moment, which is not a bad thing, not a bad place to be in. It's, it, it's landed pretty naturally that way. Um, but it does make me realize how much time I wasted before exercise, probably not a waste of time, but certainly, you know, box sets and, and, uh, yeah, I can't even explain where I was half the time, more time in the pub, definitely. So yeah, they're the big changes. Let's talk a little bit about Sheffield. So, um, you're not originally from Sheffield. Is that, is that right? No, not quite. I'm from Doncaster, so not far. Um, so you, you went to university here and then kind of work has taken you a few different directions. Um, why did you pick Sheffield as the place to set up the business? So I would I loved my time at Sheffield Hallam and I wanted to stay in Sheffield if I could. There weren't really any jobs here. Um, and, and I was still in, you know, theoretically in advertising at the time and, and kind of copywriting. I was lucky to get a job straight out of uni anyway. So the opportunity to, to go and join an agency in the sort of Manchester area was, was a good one. But over the years between as soon as that finished I wanted to get back to Sheffield and there were no jobs in SEO here at all Um, and during time uh, in Leeds as well I thought a few times about maybe moving back down here for work and there just hasn't been any Um, so I would say that this city doesn't really have competing agencies doing what we do Um, whereas in Leeds you've got probably seven agencies with a hundred people who are in the same sort of field down here you've got j-wing and and now epiphany who are kind of that size um obviously j-wing epiphany the same same business so you still only really have one and then you've got a few smaller seo agencies who do really good work but they work with uh, more local brands a lot of the time um and we decided early on that you know clients probably go anywhere it doesn't really matter if the expertise is there they will travel for it and a lot of the time the agency is going to them anyway so it just felt like 
there weren't other agencies around doing what we do. So if we moved here and made enough noise about the way that we want to do things, there would be people in those agencies and obviously the universities as well, churning out a lot of really qualified people who would like to stay in Sheffield and, you know, don't want to commute to Leeds or Nottingham or Manchester who would raise their hand and say, yeah, I, I would work for you guys doing, doing things that way. Um, so it just felt like, a real gap, not a lot of competition um, for for that sort of, for people particularly, but also it's a well-connected city. Trying to get from one side of Leeds to the other can take an hour. And where where Sheffield, you know, it, it's easy to get to Manchester. It's easy to get to all these other places. Um, but it's also, transport links are great. You know, the trams, the trains, everything is, is really well-connected. So it just felt like, it just felt pretty perfect really. What about kind of the business scene in Sheffield generally? Where do you think we're at as a city? So coming from Leeds um, and then Nottingham, I'd say it's more comparable to Nottingham than Leeds. Leeds is Leeds feels more established, certainly from the digital standpoint. You've got a lot of big digital agencies. You probably have a few more national brand headquarters in Leeds. And obviously, you know, Channel 4 just moved there and Sky a few few years before that. Um, so the digital industry is not quite where it is in Leeds, in Sheffield at the moment, which I think is is not necessarily a bad thing. From from my standpoint, it means that we've got an opportunity to try and shape that. And Leeds was nowhere about 10 years ago. So it's not like, you know, we've got a lot of history to contend with from that point of view. But I'd say... Overall, a lot of the business owners I've talked to in Sheffield have got a kind of attitude like, even though we're in Sheffield, we can compete with London and we can compete with Manchester and so on. And I don't think it really matters. I think the fact that we're in Sheffield is a point of pride from my point of view. It's it's the ability to say we're in a city that's famous for making things and being creative and, you know, a city that's famous for industry. So, uh, and obviously being in Yorkshire too is is great. So it's it, it feels like... Uh, the scene here is definitely on the up and you've got great organizations like Sheffield Digital who are trying to push that too. Um, so it feels very positive is, is how I would describe it at the moment. We've, we've kind of talked a lot about the, the the lead up to where you are now in the last few months. Um, I know you're in a, quite an in, interesting place right now because you're uh, quite close to moving into a new building, your, your own um, offices. Just tell me a little bit about, about that. So we have been we've been so lucky with where we are right now, which is we share an office with Uber Agency. Um, and when when me and Carrie started up, we uh, we knew Uber from a few years back and reached out about sharing some space with them because we could be in a little box somewhere, which is is fine. But really, it's so nice to be surrounded by creative people from day one and people who do things that we don't do as well so more sort of tv advertising and and branding kind of stuff here which gives us a lot of opportunity to learn which has been fantastic and really grateful for them giving us the space but you know we we rented five desks here and we're, we're pushing 20 people now um 17 in sheffield so uh it's time to move and we kind of looked around and obviously kellam island has got a bit of a reputation at the minute and where all the creative agencies kind of moving towards but that, that didn't feel like the right move for us for us because we've got people coming from Leeds. We've got people coming from Bradford commuting every day too. So, you know, there's a lot of benefit to being next to the train station, particularly, uh, especially when you've got clients. I think um, we, we, we've really invested in a new office that 
we think it's a bit of a destination that people want to come to uh, and we really we really love the idea of clients coming in and working with us and being next to the train station makes that possible too so it's more kind of the business district um st paul's next to next to the winter garden really so it's a nice central location with lots to do next to the casino and, and like um landmarks like the cheese grater and stuff like that so it's easy to describe where it is definitely helps um but yeah just um just being able to get people to the office a little bit more easily um, definitely attract, attracted us that way. Will it be um, Friday evening after work in the casino? Is that the plan? Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'll see you there. Um, what, what three words would you pick out to describe Rise at Seven? So when, when you set up a business, and, and certainly because I've come from um, PLCs where things like values are very important and, you know, being a purpose-driven organization and, and so on, uh, me and Carrie were kind of thinking about what would our values be. Uh, so we stole them from the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, so the values are sharp as attack, enthusiastic as hell, experts in our field. So I'd say if I had to choose three words, it'd be sharp, enthusiastic, experts. That's what we, that's genuinely how we think about hiring people. So when someone's sat in front of us, we are asking, can we get them to be enthusiastic about something? Don't care what it is. doesn't have to be SEO. If we can get them talking and be really excited about books or films or their side projects, doesn't matter what it is. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for people that seem sharp, who can solve problems and, and really people who want to be seen as experts. That's what, that's what we're about. So it was lucky that Jordan Belfort had that, that we could steal. Do you think the SEO bubble will ever burst? Yes, I think it will. Um, but I don't think it's kind of a, a boom kind of burst. I think it's more of a evolution into other things. Um, so whether it's kind of getting traffic from search engines or not, the things that we really do for our clients are get them noticed, get people to change their perception of of, of the businesses that we work with. So it's, it's not too dissimilar to advertising now. It's not too dissimilar to all of the more traditional forms of marketing. So I think that I think that search engines generally aren't going anywhere. I think they're pretty ubiquitous in society now anyway, and certainly in Western society. So I don't think that will change, but I think um, that the, f the focus is definitely changing and it's more around the extreme ends of technical uh, optimization. So, hooking feeds up to things and making sure that all of these incredible gadgets and, and, you know, voice search and so on has the information that it needs to be able to function. So that's one side of it. But then the other side is creative campaigns that actually get noticed. And, you know, that's kind of just marketing, really. It's like building websites, building its development and, 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 and traditional marketing. So I don't think it's really going anywhere. If there's anyone listening to this that's, you know, maybe kind of at the start of their journey, just, you know, doing GCSEs or maybe going through A-levels and looking at kind of university courses that kind of sees the path that you've taken and, and, and thinks that's something that I'd love to do. What advice would you kind of give to a, a, a younger self, if you like? Um, I think it doesn't really matter what course you do. 
I have a master's in Shakespeare and that has nothing to do with what I do now. I think the university experience is really valuable for me because it learned, it taught me a bunch of stuff around being able to prioritize editing, winging things and leaving things to the last minute and still getting them done, which is actually what work life is really like. So actually I think university does prepare you pretty well, but I think, you know, don't get hung up on, things that everyone says are the skills that you have to have now everyone says you need to learn to code you don't you know you can and there is a huge opportunity ahead of people that do but there's just different opportunities ahead of everyone else and there's no uh there's no chance that people who can communicate really well are not going to be valuable in the future so i would say it's find something that you really like doing and do that and that sounds so simple, but I was really lucky that after you know a couple of a couple of jobs working in traditional sort of copywriting stuff, which I I liked a bit, I found something that I really did enjoy. And and you know, as soon as you start digging a little bit under the surface, there are loads of opportunities. I have this image in my head of you kind of going around the office, going up to people's desks, just quoting Shakespeare at them. <laughs> Tell me that happens, please. I don't think I ever quote Shakespeare at all. And my wife gives me so much grief because whenever there's like a Shakespeare question on Only Connect or something like that, I've never got it right, ever. (laughs) That was definitely a master's um, well well spent then. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Obviously, the last, you know, eight months have been crazy but but brilliant for you. When you look to the future now, what, what are your hopes? Where do you think this can go? I think that we have momentum now that we want to keep up. So um, we are keen on keeping our HQ in Sheffield. We've got space for 40 in in St. Paul's. So that's probably going to tide us over for a little while. Um, I don't think we'll continue to grow headcount wise at the pace that we have because we've been hiring in lots of different skill sets that we didn't have. So I think, you know, 40 people in Sheffield then expanding the London office and then moving to the States as well is something that we're keen to do in three years or so next three years or so um but really it's kind of the agency I worked for never really managed to get past 70 people never really managed to get past six six and a half million pound turnover and my personal ambition is to just build that agency that I worked for, but better, you know, get go further than I've ever gone before. That was always the, the original goal. And now it seems to me that we are a, a really a pace going past that. And I'm not really sure where it's going to end up, but it feels like where I was aiming when we started the business six, seven months ago, I'm feeling like we should probably aim a little bit higher than that now. Do you still wake up in the morning with a smile on your face looking forward to working? I do, yeah, definitely. Brilliant. If anyone wants to find out any more about you or about the business and maybe kind of, you know, have a look at how you've gone about um, promoting yourselves on on social media, how do people find you? So you can find the business at riseat7.com and uh, my Twitter handle is probably the best place to see the sheer volume of stuff I share. So it's stekenwright, so that's S-T-E Kenwright brilliant um thank you very much the best of luck with the the move coming up um and um you know i can't wait to kind of track the future progress of the company in the next few months and years amazing thanks james find us at steelcitybusiness.com and subscribe to get our new episodes first audio marketing works talk to the rebel base media team about creating a custom cost-effective podcast for your business at rebelbasemedia.io